Hi, welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first time, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. If you missed out on last week's episode, definitely go back and give it a listen. I had a chance to sit down and chat with David and Clark from Single Dad Why You Mad podcast about co-parenting from a single dad's perspective. That was part one and today we are going to finish with part two. They answered questions submitted by moms just like you and we covered things from Accepting responsibility, personal effects, like how has co-parenting impacted their lives and so much more. I even shared how the absence of my father impacted my life. So without further ado, let's get into it. So yeah, I was just going to say, I think we can all agree that healthy co-parenting will require ongoing communication, troubleshooting mutual responsibility, all of those things so that you guys can work together to have the best possible relationship uh, for your kids, for their benefit. Now, I did get some questions from some moms, and I think, David, you were talking about this earlier, and I didn't want to stop you when you were talking about it, but just to go back, I think you said that there have been situations where people will see the children grow up and then they'll complain about the way they were raised. And now, you know, they have some things to say. And so this mom wrote in and she said, um, how do you attempt to establish a co-parenting relationship with a parent that has been absent for five years? So I guess maybe he's been this guy who, you know, now he sees a kid, it's like 10 or something. And he's like, you know, I need to be a part of his life because he's acting like this, or I don't know. I don't know what her, you know, situation is, but what do you guys think about that? So the first thing I would uh, just want to be clear about is what are the intentions? I would just have a conversation. Um, and uh, Clark's sister said this to me, and this has been sticking with me. We need to have conversations. No matter how uncomfortable they are, we need to have conversations. So I would have a conversation with this person to find out what their intentions are. What are your intentions? Because if it is your intention um, to sincerely be involved in this child's life and play a role in this child's life and um, help balance out all that I have been feeding this child for the past five years, that is absolutely welcomed. That is absolutely welcomed, especially, you know, if that parent is doing, you know, good things for themselves and is going to be a positive example. But, you know, if, if the intentions, you know, after a conversation are outside of that, uh, that would be a red flag for me. I would want to know what their intentions are in the first place. Are their intentions true? Are their intentions genuine? Just going to say, I, I echo that. You know, are, are you looking at the kid as a tax break? Are you looking at the kid as, you know, you know trying so to impress somebody say else in your life? life? That's exact, yes, yes. Right. I didn't want to say it, but that's exactly where I was going. Is right. your involvement related to, you know, reducing some of your financial burden is your revolver related to anything else besides just good intentions. Right. Right. You know, do, do, did you, did you stop and go, yo, 
this is my kid and I really should have a relationship with my child. Okay, let me just say this. So I've seen situations where, you know, the mom will allow the father to become involved, but then maybe he disappears again and become absent again. And he starts to repeat this cycle. And so, you know, she's really between a rock and a hard place and trying to figure out, you know, what is the best way to handle this? Because she doesn't want to keep the child away from the father, but then she also doesn't want this, you know, popping in and popping out. And, you know, you're here one minute, but then we can't find you the next minute. You see what I'm saying? So what advice? So so that is, Kim, that is amazing. So that is amazing. That is amazing that you mentioned that, right? Because when I think about and um, this just goes to show you where my head is, uh, and I think, Clark, your head is here also, that it never even crossed my mind. That never even crossed my mind that somebody would be doing that. Well, I can say, I can speak from the experience of a child because it happened to me. So I'm just yeah, like... Yeah, and I'm not, saying, yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying, yeah, mm-hmm. it absolutely does happen. I'm saying that because we don't operate like that, that was not the first thing that came to my mind when I thought intentions. Yeah. When I thought intentions, I was thinking that it could be, you know, financially motivated or something like that. And they could be using, you know, um, other things as an excuse. But yeah, you need to have that conversation and find out, do, are you going to be here or are you going to pop in and pop out? And, you know, we need to have a conversation about what that pop in and pop out, what effect does that have? And then, you know, people like to talk there, well, the job and, you know, I ain't got no control over that and you live so far away. Listen, you make time for what you want to make time for. Yeah, I say that all the time. And, you know, just thinking back to my childhood, my dad, he would say, you know, like, oh, I'm going to come get you guys this weekend or I'm going to, you know, come get you next weekend. And then he never shows up and then we don't hear from him for months. And this happened like, up until adulthood, you know, well, maybe not adulthood, but probably like high school. And then, you know, we stopped talking for years and then he pops back up and then we would talk and then I wouldn't hear from him anymore, you know? And so it just, this cycle repeated all throughout life. And then as an adult, it's like trying to rebuild this relationship with this person who I never really got the opportunity to have that relationship with. And so now I don't really have a desire anymore. You know, like, I'm okay. Like, I don't have anything against him. You know, I accept him for who he is, you know, but I don't have that desire to, you know, like some women, they're like, oh, I want this relationship with my dad. You know, he was never really there for me, but I want to meet him and, you know, build this relationship. But for me, I'm just like, I'm okay with, you know, where we are at this point in my life. I'm almost 30, you know, and I feel like I've made it this far without him. And I... I hate to say, like, I don't need him, but I'm, that's really where I am with that, you know? So I don't know. I just think about the kids that are in those situations and how it will impact them. And it may not be, you know, the same case as I had, but it could be similar. Situations, I think with women, it could be that, you know, it causes issues in relationships because of, you know, their absent father. Oh, absolutely. So how, how would you say it? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Clark. No, I was, just, I was agreeing with her. I was like, absolutely. You know, it, it creates that, that what I refer to as a Charlie Brown syndrome. It's like, you know, he comes running to try to kick that ball, even though he knows every single solid fucking Terry time, Lucy going to move it, and he's going to end up on his back looking up at the blue sky. You know, 
it creates that 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 cycle and system that you know I mentioned earlier, where you are constantly stepping into the same problems and the same trap with the hope that it's going to work out better. You had a question, David. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, Kim. How how do you feel that that has played a role on you and your personality? I'm, I know this is your podcast, and you're supposed to be asking us the questions, but I just want to ask that. <laughs> So first of all, you know, like growing up through school, like I never really wanted to talk to guys. I didn't really want like to deal with it because of, you know, the constant lying. So I had this thing that, you know, all guys lied or maybe if they didn't lie initially, like they were going to eventually tell a lie. So I had this trust issue that I had to work through. And then I think as I got older, I really had like less patience to like hear guys out and really understand uh, where they were coming from because of that. And so, you know, I really had to work through like learning to trust people, learning to sit and listen and not automatically think like I know what this guy is about type thing. So that is the impact that it's had on me. Um, and I've also learned to just meet people where they are because, you know, I can't necessarily fault my dad. Like when I look back on his history, you know, his dad was in jail. His mom may have been on drugs or she didn't really raise him to know like or teach him. And so, you know, I just can't really fault him for that. And so it's, I guess it's prompted me really to do a lot of research on the impact of like fathers in a child's life. But then with my own child and her father, um, I, I was really hurt that, you know, it didn't work out. And I tried to stay, you know, give him opportunities to do better, just because I knew the impact that it had on my life. And yeah, I'll just say that, you know, it's, it's caused me to, I think, be a better person because of the absence of my father, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But the trust really comes from popping in, popping out, popping in, popping out. So yes. you can't really believe what or what anybody's going to say. Anybody to you. Would, That's the yeah. trust. Yeah. 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 So I have to work through those trust issues. And I think, you know, a lot of, you know, moms that I talk to deal with that today and may not be because of their father per se, but it may have been because of the person that they were last in a relationship with or their child's father, that now they don't want to trust me in again. And they have to work through these, you know, sort of, I don't know, ideas in their minds and they have to work to get rid of those things and try again, you know? I'm saying, and I would say again, start with the moral discussion. Even if you, even if you understand what that person's morals are or don't understand what that person's morals are, you know, I mean, because, again, Thurgood Marshall either didn't understand or knew exactly where people's morals were on the U.S. Supreme Court, right? Um, but I think you just got to start with a moral discussion. Yes, you know, and because, I, I know I mean, that now, but back then, like, I had you, no clue, you know? You, and so I've learned to, to, yeah, I've learned to ask questions and have those conversations. I even took, like, a crucial conversations course. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but... You know, I just yeah. really uh, want to be better as a person. And so I just encourage all the moms that are listening um, to take David's advice, you know, start with the moral values. That is so important and we can't stress it enough. Yeah. So I, I, I had a question on that as well. And this is regarding like how it impacted your ability to have those conversations. Because I one of the things I, I, I've seen an awful lot of is very often when a situation will get heated a man will require space. So he'll say, yo, 
I need to go for a minute. I need to leave for a minute. I can't have this conversation or I need to walk into the next room, right? In order to process. Mm-hmm. So for you specifically, and, I, and then I'll share like what I've seen anecdotally or whatever, or whatever. But for you specifically, how has your relationship with your dad and that, that in and out affected your ability to grant men space? So I was like total opposite in that, um, especially going back to the relationship with my child's father and I. So when we would have these crucial conversations, I didn't know how to communicate. So I would shut down, whereas I guess a lot of women, they would be um, like trying to argue. So I was total opposite. I would just not say anything and I would just let him talk and he would get really frustrated. And I'm just like, I need a minute, you know? So I understand the importance of like, giving space like and especially now since I've taken you know crucial conversations I understand what that looks like you know have your moment have your space and then we can come back and reassess the situation but prior you know I was that person that shut down I wouldn't say a word like if I was mad or if I felt a certain type of way or if he needed to talk about something I would allow him the space to talk or if he needed to walk away he could do that he could do whatever I was just not gonna say anything and so I think that was like a major problem in our relationship, but didn't really learn that until after the fact, right? Yeah, I, you know, and it comes from that, that crucial conversation training. It comes from experience. And, and I'll say, you know, anecdotally, you know, or I, well, I can't even say anecdotally you're different. I think you're, you're, you're on the opposite end of the spectrum, but it, it, it still happens. The other side of the spectrum is the anxiety that comes when a man walks away because of the fear that that means he's, he's gone forever. He's gone forever. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that's, that's the other side of the coin that I hear a lot. You know? Yeah, but with my dad, you know, um, as an adult, when we would try to have conversations, um, my dad is very, like, confrontational. And so he is a type that he doesn't ask for space. He just takes up your space and he just says, like, whatever he <laughs> wants to say. And he doesn't really give you an opportunity to, you know, speak your piece or, you know, give your point of view. And so it's very difficult to, you know, have communication with people like that. And it's just like, we're sitting down and we're talking and I'm trying to, you know, allow him to explain where he's coming from. And then, you know, I'm waiting till he's done. And I'm like, okay, are you done? Can I talk now? And then I start to say what I need to say. And it's like, before I can even finish, he's talking over me. And then it's like, how old is he? How old is he? He is in his fifties, and so yeah, I'm just like. So, so you say he's like me. You say he's like me. <laughs> I won't go say shit. I just stop talking, and I'm like, okay, I'll allow you to finish, and then I'll try again. You know, and so we, I don't know, we just so, not. Yeah. Yeah, it's generational. Um, it's it's generational. I would love to go into you know where that comes from, but uh, again, no, this is yeah, your podcast. We, <laughs> we don't want to hijack. Yeah, we don't want to hijack. Yeah, but anyways, that's that. You asked for you know the impact that it's had on my life in terms of I guess my relationship with my child's father and then my dad, and so that is that. That's the impact that it's had. I really wanted to be a better communicator because I know you know what it does to relationships not just relationships between men and women but also relationships with other people in general no absolutely so so what else did the ladies want to know what what other questions do they have that were top 
Okay, so how do you co-parent when the other parent will not accept responsibility for their wrongs? Like they ultimately blame you for everything and question your decisions regarding your kids. I put it like this, right? I, I had a coworker who once came to me and he said, Clark, you can be right or you can be effective. Which one is more important to you? And one of the things that we have as people is if we have a point or we feel like we've been wrong or we feel like, you know, this person needs to learn and they need to understand, then we're going to keep beating them over the head with our perspective. And the fact is, very often, they don't give a shit, right? Because they, they, they look at it as your perspective. And you also have to stop and look and go, yo, that's my perspective. That doesn't mean it's the holistic truth, right? So you got to focus on what is the important goal? What do I want to accomplish? Because I look at my situation with my ex-wife. And we will, if we sit down and we have a conversation, she can absolutely and, and will absolutely bring up something that I did 20 some odd years ago. And I'm like, what does that have to do with the shit that we're dealing with right now? Like, I, I don't care. And it sounds cold. It sounds, you know, it may sound brutal, but it's like we have a situation in front of us that needs to be fixed and rectified now, right? So when you're having that conversation with somebody else, you know, and you go, they, you know, they're wrong or they feel like I'm wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah, you feel like I'm wrong. I hear you. I understand. What do we do about the shit we got in front of us now? What do we do about the situation that we have in front of us now? How do we come together to make sure that our child or our children are getting the most out of us that they possibly can and grow up to be functional members of society? Yes. You know, I attended this parenting class the other night, and one of the questions she asked was, what do you want your child to accomplish? Or I guess, what do you want them to have accomplished when they walk out of your house at 18? Like, what does that vision look like, you know, um, and how can you get there? And so I think that, you know, just going back to both parents working together to make sure that whatever it is that, you know, you want your child to develop as a child, that you work together to accomplish that. But I know that it just goes back to um, being open and communicating. No, I, I think that's it. You know, David made the point. It's, it's about having the conversations and communicating. Were there anything else? Were there any other questions that they had off the top? Do you guys the top? feel like you are co-parenting well? Have there been any challenges that you have overcome? If so, how have you overcome them? David, do you want to jump in first? So, yeah, right? So um, we had uh, somebody on our podcast who said something that has stuck with me ever since, right? And we had people on, and they always have something great to say. Everybody does, right? Um, but this thing really jumped out at me, um, and I think it speaks to, you know, a bunch of the questions. I am dealing with somebody, my co-parent, who is somebody that I would probably rather never speak to again ever in my life, right? So I'm being forced to be in a relationship, even though it's not a physical relationship, a romantic relationship, I'm being forced to relate to somebody that I'd really rather never speak to again ever in my life. That's what co-parenting is. And they are never going to be or do everything that I would like them to be or do. And I will never be or do everything that they would like me to be or do, right? So just the other day, um, I recognized 
who my co-parent is and then accepted it and decided to do something different, right? It's not their action, it's my reaction. My son, taking him to camp, his mom couldn't do it because it was a major transition and he went apeshit. I went and took him. But after that, instead of sending the normal note I would send, which would be, CB, I got him to go there. The fuck is wrong with you that you couldn't get him to go there? You need to get your shit together. You the one saying you the good parent, you the big parent, you should be able to handle it. I sent a note that said, hey, I understand how you feel. Maybe I should be the one that's responsible for taking him when we have these major transitions. Let me know if that works for you. Now that is a change for me. I changed, so the situation changed about how I feel about it. And I'll tell you, right after that, we were having a conversation and she beat me up a little bit about it. You know, I told you he wasn't gonna go, but she still went in on it in her own way, right? Um, and I still did not fire back with what I would have liked to have said, but instead what was best to say. Um, so I have to change. Yeah, I have situations all the time with my co-parent that don't go how they should go. And I think that she should be able to, but she's incapable of. So I decided that I would, and it just got better for me. I changed my action, I'm sorry, I changed my reaction instead of trying to change her action. I damn near cried when you told that story. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. I, I was like, when he, when he shared this on our podcast, I was like, he, he's growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Real growth, David. Way to go. Awesome. <laughs> Kudos see, to so, so, so the other thing I'm going to say to that is, see, anybody's possible. If I can do it at 54... Anybody can do it. Y'all sitting around here with these baby daddies at 24, 25 years old that ain't doing shit. Just give him another 5, 10, 15, 20 years. He'll get it. Well, that's part of it. It's like that scene for Rocky. If I could change, we all could change. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the last question, I think. Yeah. So co-parenting is not an easy thing to achieve for couples who've encountered marital issues. They didn't really specify what those issues were. Um, however, placing the sole focus on your children can be a great way to help make co-parenting a positive experience. Uh, what are some tips you have, maybe do's and don'ts? Yeah, I, I think David hit on something that I think was really important. And I talk about the idea of like approaching any relationship like you would approach a really good friendship. The problem that we have in like romantic relationships is we heap all these expectations on another person. And the same thing happens when those, when those relationships end, we're resentful because that person didn't meet those expectations that we heaped upon. Right. And when you have a really good friend, you just go like, you know, that's just how they are. Right? Like how many of your friends do something that you're like, I wish they wouldn't, or I wish they'd improve or whatever. And it's just not within their realm and scope. So you just go, yo, that's how they are. And you work around it. And you still manage to have an incredibly strong and functional union in that way. And so I find like with my ex-wife and I, like there are absolutely things about me that drive her nuts. And there are things about her that drive me batshit, 
Like I'm just like I, I I can't deal with it. And there have been times in you know the ten plus years since we split that we have gone six months without talking to each other other than I am picking the kids up at this time. I am dropping the kids off at this time. This needs to be done for the kids. It, it became very clinical, or, or and and very minute in terms of our, com our our communication. But when we get along well, it's when we stop and we go, you know what? You are who you are. Just because you are not who I want you to be, does not mean you are a bad person. And so. You're putting those expectations to the side, meeting the person where they are, and having those like clear communication or trying to have that clear communication, that helps you to move past some of that, that those marital marital difficulties to get the job done. And the job is raising functional adults. Yes, that's good. David, did you have anything? The last thing I would just say, right, is that uh, yeah, we're raising functional adults, right? But no matter how good a job we think we're going to do or we're trying to do, they're never going to be perfect. And I just need to give myself the space to understand that my kid, I want my kid to be bigger, stronger, faster, smarter, and wealthier than me. Um, but, you know, he may fall short and it's not really falling short. He may not achieve all of those things in my eyes, but he may achieve something else. So they're never going to be perfect, right? I'm just trying to do the best job I can so that, you know, he is ahead of me generational. My parents, you know, uh, were working stiffs, right? Um, they never went to college. So I'm the first in my family to go and graduate from college. And uh, so I do better than them. And I just want my kid to do better than me. That's all. He's never going to be you know, emotionally 100% where he has zero baggage and everything is going to be great. You know, we're never going to get there, but I just want him to do better and just to have a better head start than I did, just to have a better foot up than I did. Just if, if it ain't but a foot, an inch, whatever else it is, just to be better than me. Yeah. Incremental generational growth, man. Yes, I like that. And Clark, you mentioned something and I want to talk about this and maybe one more thing and then I'm be done. But um, you said that you and your ex-wife went through a period of time where, you know, you guys kept it basically strictly business, right? Like if it wasn't about the kids, you really didn't have a conversation. And so um, I want to introduce the term of parallel parenting. Have you guys heard of it? I have. I have. Okay. So it's basically what you spoke about. It's an arrangement uh, in which divorced parents are able to co-parent by means of disengaging from each other and having limited direct contact. So in situations, um, they basically have demonstrated that they are unable to communicate with each other in a respectful manner. So they do whatever they need to do solely for the kid, right? There's no personal conversations and they just do what they have to do so even if you can't really co-parent but you have you know divorce um there's still ways to you know look out for the interests of the child so i encourage you guys to look into that if you have it and you feel like you can't co-parent you can still keep it business uh, what is that that y'all say um you're doing the business of your kid or how how does it go <laughs> your, your, your business and with your kid yeah, so like it's, with your kid, so. so it's a Caribbean term that means like I'm engaged with or that's something that's important to me. So like so if something's like 
annoying. But yeah, I don't business with that. Like I don't think about it. I'm not concerned myself with it. But like your kids, like yo, I business with my kids. Like I spend time with my kids. I put effort and energy into my kids because they are a passion project for them. Yeah, and so I think uh, like all like all Caribbean like all Caribbean phrases, there's a word or two missing in the sentence. <laughs> right, I business with it. Or uh, not me and that at all. Like, like I don't care about that shit. Not me and that. So I think you mentioned earlier, Clark, that you guys had a parenting plan. Like, what does that look like? Because I don't know that a lot of people are familiar with this. Sure. So like when when we went through the divorce, like when you go through a divorce, right? Because a lot of a, a lot of situations you're just uncoupling. You're like you're basically going, I'm not messing with you no more. You're not messing with me no more. We weren't necessarily legally married. We're going our separate ways. And then you got to figure that out. When you go through an actual divorce, like, you know, you're, you're separating property. You're, you know, going in front of a judge, making sure that, you know, things are done in an equitable manner, mostly. And, or, or at least that both parties are satisfied with how things are split up. And that includes time and responsibility for your kids. So we had to have this document drafted and deliverable upon our divorce date. Oh, and so, wow. we sat with, so we sat with the mediator and, you know, there were a lot, it, it's very interesting because, and one of the things I credit the mediator for was providing realistic expectations. Because one of, one of the things that happens, you know, when you go into a, a court situation or you go into a divorce situation is one person goes and gets a lawyer, the other person goes and gets a lawyer, and their lawyers encourage them to do the most outlandish shit possible to keep generating fees, right? So with our mediation situation, we both sat down with, with our lawyer and then having heard the outlandish shit that some of our friends and colleagues were asking for, the media is like, you know, that's not gonna happen. But that's not how that works. And, you know, if you guys can have a conversation about this after you leave my office and work it out, that's going to save you some money, too. You know, whereas the opposite end of the spectrum, I had neighbors who were going through a divorce, ended up reconciling, and the husband's portion alone was about 40 some odd grand. Wow. Right. So the idea of what the parenting plan looked like, and just giving you the, the snippet of it, it was, okay, there are X num many number of days in a year that functionally becomes, you know, X num many number of days in a week, a week is seven days. One of you is going to have one more day than the other. You know, who's going to take that, that, that extra day, or are you guys going to create a floating day? You know, so there's, there are different ways that you can break up your week or your month in order to make that a relatively equal number of days during the month or relatively equal number of days during the week. And I was just like, yeah, I'll take the extra day, whatever's, because I'm keeping the house and most of their activities and friends revolve around being at my place anyway. And we concurred on it by the time we stood in front of the, in, we stood in front of the judge. And on the back end of it, it was any disagreement we had, we're like, shit, man, are we really going to take this to court? Are we really going to like drag them into our lives and then potentially make shit worse for both of us? Nah, we'll, we'll sort it. Okay. So... The things that this plan involves are basically like the parenting schedule, holidays and special dates, travel. Do you guys get that detailed? Like we, schedule we, changes, um, expenses. 
So we certain certain stuff we we did get detailed on, and we built a clause in. It was just like at the parents' discretion or based on their conversations, leaving in the caveat that hey, we're gonna sort this shit out by ourselves. We're 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 adults, you know. No matter how passionate my ex-wife may get about certain things, or no matter how clinical I may get about certain things, we've got to find a way to bridge that gap because ultimately we have to make sure things work for our kids. So that's a level of detail, but we did have the level of detail in terms of like, oh, who's going to be responsible for medical care or, you know, we'll split the costs for, and we just listed it as we'll split the cost. And we didn't say what percentage of the cost we'll split. We just said, we'll split the cost. Okay. Or we'll, we'll find a way to pay them as it, as it comes up because we wanted to allow that level of flexibility for us. Okay, that's interesting. Now, David, do you have a parenting plan as a, you know, unmarried parent, I guess? Did you guys decide to have a plan? So, yes, we did. Um, with respect to schedule, our goal was to split him down the middle. So we actually use a Google calendar. And on that Google calendar, um, you know, we used to plot out a month in advance. We would have a conversation at the end of every month for the following month. Okay, what do you have special events? What do I have special events? Are there any days where I need to be out of town or up someplace? And uh, we would plot all of that on the Google Calendar. With respect to the financial plan, we originally had a plan <laughs> where um, I would, uh, you know, pay daycare and healthcare, like he's on my healthcare plan. So I would pay daycare and healthcare and all the other stuff. And, uh, you know, she would reimburse me. I've got some feelings about that. And I'm not going to go into it too tough. But she would reimburse me, um, you know, if and when, you know, <laughs> she could and would. That's funny. And, uh, I've been, yeah, it's usually the other way around, right? Yeah, because my, my child's father uh, reimburses me for health care. But anyways, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a whole bunch of li your listeners out there saying, good girl, god damn it, girl, I need to meet that girl. Somebody <laughs> finally got one of these niggas under the rope. I know they <laughs> <laughs> I know they say it. God damn it. Who is this girl and how do I meet her? I know it. But um yeah, we we've been uh uh dealing with it in that matter. And okay. uh you know, it's 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 tough on me, you know. I say and I have been saying for the past, you know, eight months, you know, I'm pushing out twenty one hundred dollars a month for my kid to get out of the bed. And those are NBA numbers, and I suck at basketball. I can't shoot basketball to save a lick. But my kid's got to go to school. You know, he's got to have health care. And as a parent, you do what you have to do, not what you want to do. There's always going to be a parent that's doing more. It's just always going to be that way. Right. The, that goes back to that 50-50 that, that shit. It's a myth. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> It don't happen. If, if you're spending more physical time with your kids, you know, and, and or more financial time with your kids, you know, the pendulum swings both ways if you're actively co-parenting, you know, but it, once again, it becomes, you know, what's a priority for you? Because, and we talked, we talk about it a lot from the male perspective, but I think as David laid out in the beginning of the conversation, you know, you're running into more and more dads who are, you know, actively co-parenting or as the primary parent you know for, for for their kids because nowadays you have a lot of moms who just don't business with their kids in the way that moms traditionally have 
Yes, I actually need to, speaking of that, get a mom on here. So if y'all know somebody who don't business with their kids, please let me know. I want to talk about that on here. And we've been looking for somebody to send us a dad that doesn't business with their kids. We want to get them on here. So (laughs) y'all find somebody, y'all send them our way. And we'll find somebody, we'll send them your way. We'll do a hostage exchange. Because you know neither one is coming on willingly. (laughs) All right, y'all. So that is all the questions I had. Is there anything that you want to leave before we go? Anything on on your mind, David? Anything you want to share with the peoples? I'm going to say that um, this was great. I loved it. Um, and time flies when you're having fun. How long have we been at this? Almost two hours, right? I don't know. What are you going to do? You're gonna, yes. you're gonna, this ain't going one episode. You're going to have to split this up or you got a whole lot of editing to do. I don't know. Right. But, um, at the end of the day, and Clark has said this, you know, and I think this is everybody's sentiment, right? I'm trying to raise, you know, a great human being. And if that means that I got to come 75% while the other person's only doing 25% or I got to do 90% or 99.99999%, so be it. I'll go fighting, I'll go kicking, I'll go screaming, but I'm going to go. David has a way of phrasing things, and sometimes I just got to go, yo, I, I echo that and I, and I agree with it. Uh, I, I just look at this whole parenting thing as uh, it's all a race to see who does the least amount of damage over a long period of time, right? And, and realize that you will say and do things and they're going to have an impact. They may even leave a scar, but you want to try and heal those things as quickly as possible. You know, you want to be accountable for your behaviors and the impact they have on your kids. And I think importantly, say sorry when you fuck up. Like I, like, I know what my flaws are and I know what my problems are and I still make mistakes on top of that. And it's about me on the back end going, yo, let, let me recognize what I did just there and address it. Okay. That's good. So let everybody know where they can find you guys in tonight. So that's Clark's job. Go ahead, Clark. Call to action. <laughs> Call to action. So ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults. Oh, my God. He drives me crazy. When he says <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kim, for having us on. Thank you for uh, letting us share you know, our random ass thoughts with your listeners. Uh, you can find us on all of the podcast formats as single dad. Why you mad? Uh, we have a YouTube channel, single dad. Why you mad? We are on all of the uh, major social media platforms, primarily Instagram and Twitter. We out here, David. Single dad. Why you mad? <laughs> all right. Thanks again, y'all. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kim. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you were able to take at least one thing away. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you thought about part one and part two. You can always reach out to me via email, singleblackmotherhood at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram at singleblackmotherhood. And as always, you can like our page on Facebook, Single Black Motherhood. If you have not taken out the time to subscribe or leave a review, please take a moment to do so. And if you feel like this was helpful, please share with another mom or even a dad. I think there are a lot of people that can learn from this episode. And even if they are not currently co-parenting, I think that people are still able to benefit from this. 
Next week, we are diving into what it looks like to be working from home, parenting and teaching all at the same time. So you don't want to miss it. I had an opportunity to bring on some well-experienced educators to um, talk about ways that help us get through these trying times. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you will come back next week.